Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again this week by best friend of the show, Derek. Derek from college. How you doing, Derek? Um, I've had better days, Asan. <laughs> better days. Please elaborate. Uh, no, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, as we were talking just before the episode, I don't do well with heat. Mm-hmm. So summer's my least favorite time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of it drives me... It, tends to drive me just a little bit insane mm-hmm. and uh because i don't sleep in it and all that stuff and then i also have a project going where i'm doing um taking my smoker for a ride for the for doing a, a 20-hour smoke on a bone-in pork shoulder to make pulled pork for the first time mm-hmm. so i was worried about that and i didn't want it to run out of like pellets and stuff so i just didn't sleep last night so and uh. because i didn't sleep uh-huh. I've had this two two lyric section of a song by Queen stuck in my head on repeat for the last like I don't know six seven hours something mm-hmm. like that. So it it feels like I'm slowly losing my mind. What but, so, do you know what song it is? Uh, I don't. I can look it up here in a second. <laughs> give me give me a second. Sure. I think it's Lover Boy. I don't know a ton of Queen songs, so I'm just gonna take your word for it. You need to like get on that train, buddy. <laughs> I've been a, I've been digging on Queen a lot lately. Um, mm. Queen, it's a weird uh, weird mix of music going on on my Spotify these days. It's a uh, it's Queen and Beastie Boys. Well, there you go. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good time. <laughs> I'm having fun with it. Um, while I look for this, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I can't complain. Uh, let's see what I do this week. I went to the movies for the first time in a in Ooh. a long time. Yeah, that how was, was fun. that? What'd you see? It was good. Uh, I saw Black Widow actually. What did you think? I haven't seen it yet. Oh man, well we can get into that. Yeah, it's um much I won't even say much better than I thought it was gonna be because I really didn't have any expectations going into the movie. Uh-huh. I assumed it would be competently made and I would enjoy it because that's like sure. the base level of every Marvel thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh it, I actually <laughs> really enjoyed it. And of of the Marvel solo movies, to me it's like top three. Um, uh-huh. I still think Winter Soldier is the best one. I would yeah. probably put this one. I'd put. I'd probably put Black Widow. So if it's really, actually, I think the best Marvel solo movie is Iron Man One. Uh, for me, I for me, it's Iron Man well. One. It's Winter Soldier, and then probably <clears throat> this movie. Really? Yeah. It is very, very, wow. very good. Okay, well, I was kind of on the fence about seeing it, like mm-hmm. rushing out and seeing it. But now that you say that, it looks like I know what I'm doing today. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. Um, I I uh, I really enjoyed it, man. It's a uh, it's a. Um, okay. I was also skeptical of of you know because we know this movie's a uh, it takes place like just after the events of what's the one where like, like Civil War? Yes, yeah, Civil War, the one yeah. where. Um, uh, Black Panther's dad dies. Uh, it's right. just after that one. Uh, she's on the run. And so I was skeptical of like, you know, we know this character is going to survive this movie because <laughs> we see she her. She dies in, in another one. Yeah, we see her in other movies <laughs> and, and all of that. And so I was like skeptical. Okay, how are there going to be stakes in this movie? Like, why am I going to care? But they did such a good job of creating a standalone story that feels authentic and genuine. The characters you end up really caring about. Um okay. It's it's everyone gets their little moment to shine. It, I, I I Florence Pugh is just amazing in it. Oh, she's always good. Yeah, she's just. I like her. 
Yeah, she's great. Uh, completely different from like her character in Midsommar, which is uh, like just they're just night and day characters. I like the um, I like the fancy accent twist you put on that. Well, that was that was fun. Midsommar. Ooh, how fancy. Let's put our pinkies out. Well, it makes it sound like a less terrifying situation right? than it actually is. Right. It sounds like a, a color of paint you'd put in if your... If I ask you to come over, hey, Hassan, do you want to come over and celebrate Midsummer with me? You're like, no, because you're going to murder me. If I go, Hassan, would you like to come over and celebrate Midsummer with me? You're like, it sounds like we're going to play badminton and croquet. This is a lovely time. <laughs> to be fair, up until like a week ago, I also said Midsummer, but I, was, I listened to... Um, Ari Aster, the director, was on an yeah. episode of the Eli Roth horror podcast, yeah. and he was pronouncing it like the correct way. I was like, oh, I guess I can start doing that now. <laughs> oh, is that the correct way? I guess so, yeah. Well, then I'm sorry for giving you crap then. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I am in the wrong. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're good. Midsummer sounds like we're going to have cucumber sandwiches and high tea. Midsummer <laughs> right. sounds like we're going to blood eagle some unfortunate individual. <laughs> exactly. Um but yeah, so uh, Black Widow is really good, man. Um, the action scenes are really good. Um, How's yeah. our boy David Harbour? He's great in it. He's, oh, he's great. always so good. Charismatic. I, did you see he was had, a, had an interview, and someone asked him if he wanted to take the uh, take that character like further, if he wanted to do a different do another movie, and he had a great idea for it. He had two options. He was like, we could do one where he's younger. He's like, but I think in his personal one that he wants to do is do it when he's older, but after the events of um, Endgame, mm -hmm. and he hears a rumor that Hawkeye, that she didn't, that Black Widow didn't sacrifice herself willingly, mm -hmm. that Hawkeye pushed her, mm -hmm. and he's going to go, like, set the record straight. And I'm like, I would love to see that movie. Yeah. Of the two of them fighting over a, over a misunderstanding. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I think, not to spoil anything, but I think there's potential for um, some of these characters to show up elsewhere. Um, now that they've been established, some of them may have died. Some of them may haven't. I don't know which ones. But well, now um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, son. <laughs> but yeah, it would be cool to see Derek Harbor uh, go to different things. Florence Pugh to do David, other things. But thank you for thinking. David Harbor, sorry, I appreciate that. <laughs> Derek Harbor. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's really good, man. I really, good. I really think you'll enjoy it. It's um, yeah, it's really good. Awesome. Um, I'm excited. Oh, real quick before yeah, we transition, go ahead. the song that I have stuck in my head is. Good old fashioned lover boy by Queen. All right. I'll have to check <laughs> and it's that one just out. two sections. It's just one section of lyrics uh -huh. over and over mm. and over again. Mm -hmm. It's still happening. It's absolutely maddening. I wonder if you listen if you listen to the song in its entirety, maybe that, that section will get out of your head. You know what? I'm gonna try after we hang up after this <laughs> yeah. and uh, see if I can somehow purge it from my mind. Yeah. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong. I love it. The problem is AJ's out of town, and I was up late last night kind of minding, trying to keep track of the pork and watching Fear Street, which we'll get to here mm -hmm. in a second. Um, and uh, I just took a music break to kind of hang out in the backyard, listen to my headphones, and that was the song that got stuck in my head. So, mm. you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, we're, we're living. Yeah, we're living. We're, we're trying we're, to... We're, we're just out here. taking it one day at a time. Um, <laughs> well, cool. So, uh... Uh, anything else you've done this week you want to talk about? Oh, we let's see. On? What have I done this week? It's been a pretty, pretty slow week, actually. Uh, okay. Pretty, pretty standard, uh, standard cut for the most part. Um, like I said, I watched, started watching uh, Fear Street. Uh, well, what is Fear Street? Which was, what's up? What is Fear Street? I don't Oh, heard Fear of Street. You don't know what that is? Uh, so it is a trilogy that Netflix mm -hmm. made of mm -hmm. these like fun throwback, like uh, 
camp uh horror movies like oh, kind of okay. campy old school horror movies mm-hmm. but the um the cool part is is that the first one takes place in 1994 okay. the second one takes place this first one takes place um yeah 94 and then second one takes place at a summer camp in 78 mm. and then the third one takes place in 1666 <laughs> wow um and uh it is a It's I'm trying. So what it is is these this witch got killed in the 1600s, and you for, for learn about it in the first one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's some sort of curse where she possesses people, and they go on murder sprees. Mm-hmm. Now it there's a I'm not going to spoil all the stuff, but these kids start are learning this out as a group of undead killers are chasing them around trying to murder them. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, it's fun, dude. So it's but the thing is, it's this it's this kind of uh, shady side, right? And it's Uh this town where they've swept all these murders under the rug, but it's been happening for decades. And so all of these murderers, as you go through, are you meet them as you go through the series as they try to kill these kids. Um, As you go back to figure out what happened in the 1600s, like with the, with Sarah Fear, the actual like witch. So it's cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's just, it hits all those good. It's like, it's that growing trend of that continuing trend of Stranger Things esque mm-hmm. kind of, you know, uh, products that people keep putting out. And I don't mind it. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of fun, and they and it's done well. I will say this: if it's not done well, I wouldn't be talking about it. But it's done well, and it's fun, and it's just very light horror. Like there's no okay. massive, like major guts flying everywhere that you're going to be if you if that if you know that's something i'm not you specifically but if it's something that makes somebody squeamish they're not going to they're listening to this you're not going to be like it's not like the stuff i've talked about earlier like martyrs like you're not going to be watching that right it'll be it's just fun it's meant to just be fun and oh no run from the killers kind of stuff which is just my favorite kind of horror movie yeah and uh yeah it's it's good i watched the first one last night um i'm gonna watch the second and third ones the rest of the weekend i'm excited it's it's a good time yeah they're and they're about like an hour hour and a half hour 45 so you're not really investing like a ton of time into them you can kind of get in and get out if you need to so yeah that's cool sounds good it's a good time yeah you know what's uh it's interesting i just had a thought as you're talking about that um about genre and you know the idea of like re like you know, what they're doing with that genre is they're making, like, you know, slasher movies. You know what I mean? From different mm-hmm. time periods. Uh, if I, like, I think you'll really like Black Widow's Circle Back for just a second. I think you'll like it because it oh. is, like, a it's a Bond movie, essentially. Ooh, you know me and Bond movies. <laughs> yeah, it's basically I a Bond them. film, the way I think about it. Like, yeah, you should you, you should really watch it. I think you'll like it. I will. Yeah, it's I good. absolutely will. Um, I might wait for AJ to come back in town to watch that because I think yeah. she might want to watch it with me. But, but I am absolutely going to watch that because I've heard the reviews and the opinions that I've heard on it are you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. Like there is no in between, you know, mm-hmm. um, mostly the, the stuff I've seen is hating it, but you know, we've known each other for quite some time. So if you <laughs> recommend it, then I'm, I'm going to go get on that train. Oh yeah. I, I wouldn't want to lead you astray. Oh, absolutely not. Um, all right. Well, um, any interesting movie trailers you've seen lately? Um, I sent you one that a friend of mine sent me this morning. Yeah, I saw that. It's like John and the Hole. Or John and the Hole. And I watched it real quick. Michael C. Hall is in it, so you know it's going to be weird. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but essentially, it's this kid who 
the trailer doesn't really do a good job of like communicating like what's going on, but the description of it, let me put, pull it up on IMDb. It's not complicated, but I want to <laughs> make sure I get the wording right. Mm -hmm. Um. We're very strict on syntax oh, uh, here I, at the Weekly Regular, so please I get know. it right. <laughs> Last time I messed up, I got five lashes. I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> That's right. You did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a coming-of-age psychological thriller that plays out the unsettling reality of a kid who holds his family captive in a hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. And Michael C. Hall plays the dad. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot. the trailer is a lot of these... Like you would expect for a uh, IFC film production, can film selection, mm -hmm. it's like lots of lingering shots with not a lot happening. Yeah, you know where you're like, oh, lots of okay. overhead overhead shots of trees. Yeah, drone <laughs> shots of trees. Um, lots of uh, tight, you know, uh, bus bus shots of uh -huh. uh, um. Of people playing tennis, yeah. sitting at tables, yeah. conversing yeah. only slightly. The dialogue is very sparse. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so it's essentially this kid who puts his parents in a, puts his whole family in a hole in the ground mm -hmm. because in the trailer, he wants to know what it's like being an adult and his mom doesn't have a right answer. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Apparently, he throws a temper tantrum and puts him in the hole. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see it. It looks totally. weird. Yeah, it does it look super weird. It looks weird and very different and it seems kind of fun. It kind of reminds me, uh, the tone kind of reminds me of. Um, I don't know if you ever saw uh, the killing of a sacred deer. Did yes. You see that? Yeah, it kind of reminds oh, me of that same kind of weird. Movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, that movie, killing of a sacred deer, takes you for a ride, man. <laughs> it really does. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like that Colin Farrell is just kind of doing weird, like kind of smaller budget movies now. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm I think it's great. I like the fact that he was like, "Yeah, I was big and famous, and now I'm just gonna do weird indie stuff." It's yeah. like, yay! I was in Perfect. Deadpool once. <laughs> or not Deadpool, Daredevil, excuse Daredevil. me. <laughs> I was the bad guy in Daredevil. Yes, Colin, we know. That's why you had to disappear for a while. Yeah. <laughs> did you see me in uh did you see me in uh, True Detective season two? Yeah, we did for the first two episodes and then everybody stopped watching. Yeah. Um uh, you I'm know gonna be in big budget again. Yeah, we know you're gonna be where you're gonna be Oswald Cobblepot and you're gonna wear prosthetics. You have to hide your face. This yeah. is a weird time for you. Dude, uh, you know what I saw <laughs> last night, actually? Uh, I got about three quarters of the way through Space Jam, A New Legacy. The new one? Yep. How, how are you feeling after it's, that experience? It's, it's, it, is, it is very, very, very bad. Um, I, I kind of like the story that they're they, they were trying to tell in the movie because the first Space Jam is, like, not really about anything. I mean, it's, it like, oh, no. there's a plot, but it's not really about anything. It's just kind of like... Actually, you're not... Real quick, I'm going to interject and disagree mm -hmm. with you real quick. Uh, it is about something. It's about selling Looney Tunes merchandise. That's what the movie's about. Oh, if you think that movie was about that, <laughs> wait till you oh, watch the new one. <laughs> dude, I've seen ads and I'm already like, this is just a giant toy commercial. Like, oh, man, it is. Oh, it is crazy. Like, they're, they're trying to tell a story. So the, the story that they're trying to tell is uh, LeBron James, who is, you know, carrying the weight of being the best basketball player in the world, Mm -hmm. wants desperately for his kids to also excel in basketball, and one of his kids does not want to do that, and LeBron can't understand why he doesn't, and he won't let the kid be himself, and so he has to learn to let the kid be himself, and then he's a good dad again. Huh. Um, the only and, and it's fine, because I think the kid actors are good. The, the problem is LeBron is 
a terrible actor, maybe even worse than Michael Jordan was. Um, and so none of the emotional stuff really works uh, from LeBron's side. Mm. That's disappointing. And then two, I, I think, but I don't think it's entirely his fault. I think it's the fault of the script and the director because I think LeBron is being given a part that is not very natural for him to play. Right. Um, he's playing like this strict kind of overbearing father who doesn't know why his kid wants to be himself and not just another copy of LeBron. Mm -hmm. And, but like every, like everything we know about LeBron from social media and all of that is like, he's a very self-aware person and is very like yes. loving with his kids and is like a good guy. Yeah. So like to he watch, seems like a great dad. <laughs> yeah. So like to watch him try to play a bad dad is just like, he's just not good at it. Like he's miscast. Like you should have cast someone who could be a bad dad. Right. Um, right. And then on top of that, the movie is literally just there's there's product placement and advertisements for right. Warner Brothers properties every five seconds. Just splashed all over the yeah, place. Yeah, and it is just, it is brutal. Yeah. Um, oh, that sucks. And there's like this whole <laughs> subplot where they have to go recruit the Looney Tunes because they like left Toon World and have gone to different Warner Brothers worlds. Where but, did they go? Why? <laughs> who knows? There is no why, really. Well, it sounds like I got to watch the movie then. Yeah. But the recruiting process, like, they're going to... But there's no explanation as to why the Looney Tunes are in different worlds and, like, what they're uh -huh. doing there. It's just an opportunity to see Looney Tunes in other Warner Brothers properties. Yeah, so it's <laughs> kind of just, like, wouldn't it be fun if kind of situation? Yeah, and then they don't... But the, the pairings don't even make sense. It's, like, it just it's just completely random. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it is not... Sorry, it is buddy, not if you hear jingling in the background, Charlie will not leave me alone, so I'm trying to, like, get her toys together so she'll... Stop trying to climb up in the chair. You should stop me. carrying hot dogs in your back pockets. What? I can't. <laughs> I get hungry, and I'm out and about. All right? Hot dog pockets was my name in high school. Yeah. All right? You got to leave me alone on that one. Yeah. We've talked about this multiple times. I'm also very sensitive about that. Mm -hmm. um, hot dog pockets. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Sorry. She was just trying to play and climb up in the chair, and I was trying to listen to you and manage that while keeping her off, like, the chair. No problem. Out of the recording. So, we're fine now. Sorry, everybody. Life with a one-year-old puppy. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, Space Jam yeah. 2 is not good. It's probably, hmm. uh, it, kids will probably enjoy it, um, but oh, it is not a good That's the target movie. audience, I'm right. assuming. Oh, yeah, but, 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not It'd good. It'd be weird if they made it for adults. <laughs> yeah. Adult Space Jam. Space Jam, the legacy, rated R. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Don Cheadle is giving his all in it, though, I must say. I forgot Don Cheadle was in that movie. Yeah. He's given it. I like all. him. He's yeah, Don great. great. What's his um I am really looking forward to uh watching his new show that he has coming out. I didn't know he had a new show. Oh uh, yeah. So it's coming out on HBO Max. Ooh. Oh, interesting. I didn't know he was born in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, there you go. Now you awesome. know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> um, there we go. It is. Oh, that's fun. Armor Wars just started filming. Ooh. Very excited about that. Uh, Black Monday, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That show... <laughs> um... Yeah, there's... No, not Black Monday. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that one's been around for show. a while. Yeah. <laughs> that one is fun. I like that one. Yeah. Um, it is No Sudden Move. 
Oh, okay. What's that about? Uh, it's a movie, and it's a group of criminals is brought together under mysterious circumstances and have to work together to uncover what's really going on when their simple job goes completely sideways. It is directed by Steven Soderbergh, and the cast is the reason why I want to watch it, and you will too after I tell you who's in it. You've got Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm. Uh, where'd it go? Uh, yeah, John Hamm. Um, Brendan Fraser, Kieran Culkin, and a bunch of other actors that I do are up and coming that I'm not really sure. But just from that, from that little cross section of the acting talent alone, I'm like, yes, yeah, I no, will I'm watch in. that. I'm in. <clears throat> it just looks like a slick heist thriller, just fun, just good time. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So. Um, and plus, it's Steven Soderbergh, so you know it's going to be very slick. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be super stylistic. Um, have, you, have you seen the trailer for Pig starring Nicolas Cage? Oh, my God, yes. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, apparently it's uh, really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it has a score of like nine on IGN or something like that. Yeah, dude, all of the reviews are like, this might be Nicolas Cage's best movie in a while. Yeah. Thank you. It currently has a it's, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> d- dude, seriously? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I'm in. You know, the, the love of Nicolas Cage runs deep in my household. Um, mm-hmm. Not with my wife, just me. <laughs> We're getting her there. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm Pig, excited about I, this. Pig looks fun, man. Yeah. It's essentially, you know, it's a John it's Wick John style, Wick, but, but with a pig. With a pig. And it seems to be much more emotional than John Wick. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's more about this guy dealing with loss and grief and taking it out in the world and whatnot. Yeah, it seemed like uh, from the reviews that I was saying, I was uh, reading, it was saying that it's a uh, it's like a more emotionally anchored like John Wick, like a little bit deeper. I was like for a Nicolas Cage movie. That's interesting. Yep. I'm into it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, you finished up on. Loki, correct? I am all caught up. All right. Should we get into it? I think we shall. All right. So what did you think um, overall? How did you think the, the, mini, the mini series of six episodes, how do you think it was as a whole? I would give it a four. Out of ten? Yeah, four okay. or five. Okay. Like, it, it's competent. It delivered. I just, there wasn't a lot there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And it just felt kind of hollow. And I'm not, like, disappointed in it. Like, I wasn't mad that I watched it or mad that they made it. It's that thing that you and I have talked about previously where Marvel needs to figure out their, their – they figured out their movie formula. They need to figure out their TV formula. And what they're doing – and the way they're doing their TV shows isn't conducive. It's, there's just not – they're taking the amount of plot that you could squeeze into a movie, mm-hmm. and they're trying to stretch it over six or seven hours. Yeah, totally. And I go, you just – you need more. Yeah, you need more in there, and and taking us to different uh, timelines or worlds or whatever, and having a conversation there and then leaving, it's not doing it for people, like, right. especially with Loki. You know, so it's it's not bad. Everybody does a great job. Um, Owen Wilson's my favorite part in it. Um, yeah, he's great. Oh, he's so good. Mm-hmm. I think I texted you. I want him to fill in the Agent Coulson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> vacuum in the MCU. I totally. think that would just be good. Okay, guys. So uh, we've got uh, we've got Kang coming up. Yeah. And oh, spoilers by the way, if you haven't watched the show. Yeah. Yet. Jeez, man. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's cool. I'll just leave. Um, 
but yeah, so I liked him a lot. I thought he did a great job. He's my favorite character. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is always good, mm-hmm. like just solid. Uh, the gal who plays uh, Sylvie mm-hmm. was really good. Mm-hmm. Sophie DeSanto, I think, is her name. Sounds right. I'm Sophie, I think her name definitely is Sophie, but I can't remember the last name. I know her last name is DeSanto. I'm going to look it up. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I thought that was good. The The setup, but when you have all of the, the when the crux of your entire show is hinged on literally the last like 20 minutes mm-hmm. of six hours, I kind of my question is why did it take so long to have any substance? Right. right. Yeah. Because it feels like they're trying to have substance. Like they're trying to, it felt like they're trying to get something going. Like they, it almost was like they really wanted to make the last 20 minutes of the show only. And then they were like, well, how do we get there mm-hmm. from here? And they just were like, okay, we're just going to do it and figure out how without, with any sort, without any sort of like planning along the way. I mean, obviously there was planning. They made a TV show, but you know what I'm saying though? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, sorry, it's that song thing stuck in my head, not sleeping. I feel like I'm not making sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I got you. Um, I'm trying. But, uh, but yeah, overall, I'd give it a four or five. Um, it wasn't bad. It was competent. It was well done. It was fun to watch. And I could watch an entire, like, three-episode arc of old Loki mm-hmm. going around and doing adventures on his own. <laughs> I loved his character. Totally. Oh, he was so much fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard E. Grant is just a fun time to watch. I like him a lot. Totally. But um, Sophia DiMar- DiMartino. DiMartino, okay. Is her name. I thought she was great. Gugu Mbatha Ra was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Wunmi Masaku, who I've talked to, I talked on in a previous episode of how much I like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It just wasn't like, it's, it feels like every, it's the same problem that I have with all the other TV shows mm-hmm. that they've done so far. It's like, it's just, it's close but it's just not quite there. Yeah. At least that's just how I took it. So, yeah. I, how about you? Uh, no, I agree. I, I would rate it. I would probably rate it a little bit higher, but not much higher. I'd probably give it a five or a six. Um, Cause I think what, there are some things that they do really effectively in the show. I think, I think there's a really good, um, I think there's a really good like 24 episode of 30 minute a 24 episode 30 minute sitcom in there somewhere. Yeah. Um uh be- <clears throat> not sitcom but um you know drama series. I think I think um there I think this show would have and this is rare that I say this about a Marvel show. I think this show would have actually benefited from shorter episodes and a longer and a longer season. I agree. Um cuz I think there's like I think there's a um, this the show sort of hints at a sort of um, serialized kind of uh, procedural kind of vibe that we never don't we never really have time to like get into the rhythm of so that when the rhythm of that is disrupted later in the season it like feels more impactful right you know what I mean I feel like it really could have benefited from that you know we don't yeah totally we don't settle into the reality of a single timeline before we're disrupted by multiple timelines right so we don't understand the impact that it has when the timeline branches yeah that's a that's a that's an excellent point that I was trying to figure out how to make so thank you for being succinct yeah and even (laughs) even the TVA thing like I think 
had we spent more time be, like the show actually just being a TVA procedural. Uh, and I think in a world that COVID didn't happen in, we might have gotten that version of the Loki show. Probably. Um, but I feel like they just, yeah, I feel like with COVID, they just wanted to get something done and get it out there. Um, yeah. But I think had we had spent more time actually just seeing the procedural TVA day-to-day stuff and see why what they're doing is problematic, then mm-hmm. I think it makes the events of like the last episode feel more like people's motivations would make more sense to do what they're doing. You know what I mean? We right. need to see why the TVA is a bad idea in some people's heads to justify why they want to destroy it so bad. Absolutely. You know what yeah, I mean? No, I think that's – yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's a very good way to put it, and I think that honestly – truthfully probably would have just fixed the whole thing like all of my problems if you do it that way it probably would have fixed it all yeah and i I, obviously i think the reason why they didn't do that is probably had to do with covid but also because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of heavy lifting universe wise um yes that this show does at the end that i think needs to happen before all this other crazy stuff starts happening like all these other movies they got coming up um, had they have gotten the idea to do this Loki show a year or two ago, I think it would have been better. Because the way, with given what they did with the show, what I would have done is had the the whole first season be uh, basically just a TVA procedural with Loki mm-hmm. there, and and there's like this variant that keeps you know messing stuff up, and they're trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. Um, and then I would have the the that be the whole first season, and then the second season. I would have that be um, Loki then meeting the variant and like Sylvie and then and then traveling around with her to see what she's doing and, and kind of learn right. about the TVA from her perspective. And that's when you go off world and you start meeting all the other Lokis and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you really needed time to see their relationship develop as well because it just seemed very quick. It did, which is why. Yeah. And if you guys haven't seen the last episode, you probably shouldn't even be listening to this now. But if you haven't gotten caught up, skip ahead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that's why when they had the kiss at the end, mm-hmm. I actually rolled my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and went, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, why? Why? It felt for- like they're- that side of the relationship mm-hmm. felt so forced. Yeah. It was too short. It wasn't allowed to breathe. Mm-hmm. I get the whole Loki being a nar- I thought it was a great vehicle for Loki's being narcissistic and being mm-hmm. like the only person he can truly love is himself, mm-hmm. right? Which is like great. So I was like that's cool. But there was no there was no time. There was no like right. There was no like effort put into it. It was just like, "Oh, and now they're going to kiss." I was like, "Come on, like cheap cheap shots that weren't earned." Yeah. We're kind of all over the place, which, and I am not faulting any of the actors. I think they did an amazing job. It's all the writing. It's the writing and the pacing and the directing. And that's yeah. just, I just, I don't know. It was just disappointing. Yeah. So I guess we, at this point we can just go full spoilers because we're, we're almost yeah. there anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, basically. So with their relationship, um, let me ask you this. Yeah. Well, I can't remember. Does she, she doesn't die at the end, right? No. Okay. No, well, we don't know. I don't think she does. Okay. Because she kills Kang, or he who remains, yep. which is Kang, but not Kang. Yeah, he's not um, named yet. Yeah. He's not, na- exactly. We haven't gotten to the Kang the Conqueror yet. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we don't know. She kills him, 
and then she the timeline Loki branches into another timeline right like through a, a portal door thing yeah she kicks loki through a portal door into uh -huh. another timeline or what she thinks is back to the main timeline but uh -huh. she's still stuck in that mansion beyond let me let me look up what i you know what i'm not going to find the correct problem it's that mansion beyond time at the i end think of the i think they call the it's a cit the citadel at the, the end citadel. of time or something Ooh, yeah how imposing <laughs> yeah um um i like my term better yeah <laughs> the, the house beyond time <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so i think she's there okay i'd like it i don't think they would kill her off with everything so I think what they did was they set it up to mm -hmm. see if she would be a fan favorite. Yeah. So the way that they edited totally. it is that it's very amorphous and very just like whatever. Because if people didn't like her character, they could be like, oh, after she killed Kang, it reset all the timelines, which destroyed her, and then she died. would be like, oh. But if people did like her, which is what's happening on the internet, everybody's loving her, they'd be like, oh, she's alive, and now they can have adventures, which is like, okay, great. So yeah. smart on them totally. to test out a character like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I choose to think that she's alive. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that she's going to pop back up somehow, uh, potentially to help in Multiverse of Madness or something else um, along the way, uh, because they did, they already, even before they greenlit the first episode, the first, well, before they even put out the first season, they already greenlit a second season, so mm -hmm. she's going to be in there somewhere. Right. Um, just how she fits in this time. I think mm -hmm. will be will be the interesting part. Yeah, see, um, I would have. So the reason I ask is because I, if I was writing the show and I could change one thing, I would have killed her. I, I would have made it so that in order for her to kill Kang, she would have had to sacrifice herself. Be, I would have too, because I think, I think they had a really cool potential with uh, the Loki and Sylvie relationship because I think it does start with sort of a narcissistic thing where like he. He is in love with himself, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. And I think they had a really cool opportunity to comment on that and use that as an opportunity to um, help Loki's characters help Loki's character grow a little bit more. And I think yeah. there was a little bit of that. But, like, mm -hmm. imagine... Because there's two problems with the relationship. One, it's kind of incesty because they're the same person, right? It's weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. It feels gross, yes. right? Yes. I'm not the only one? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one because <laughs> no. I was sitting there watching it being like, am I the only one? Because watching all the internet praise for it and be like, oh my gosh, the relationship's like, am I the only one that feels gross watching this? Yeah. I like, we shouldn't be seeing this happening. Right. Uh, so there's that. There's that. It's kind of mm -hmm. weird and gross. Um, and then two, you need someone, it, it, because they set up that uh, Kang, essentially in the plot, Kang has to die in order for the multiverse mm -hmm. to start. So we know he's dead meat. Um, and oh, you he, need yeah, some. Gone. You need someone to kill him, and preferably not Tom Hiddleston, because you don't want. The whole point of the show is that he's like not a murderer anymore. Um, <laughs> so you need someone else but to like, do it. Also, he is right, but also he is. Um, <laughs> so you need someone else to do it, and then you know you don't necessarily need two Lokis in the in the movies from here on out. So I think they had a really cool opportunity if they could have really created a very tragic and card and kind of like. Um, heart-wrenching tragedy for these two like the one Absolutely. person loki loves it starts in narcissism but like truly evolves into real love once he realizes that the fundamental flaw in loki's is their narcissism because yes at the end of the day she felt like her mission and what she had decided based on her own trauma and her own experiences was more important than anything else you know what right. i mean and she was yeah and she was plagued by that by that sense of like, well, no, what I'm doing, my story, my narrative is the most important thing. Even in, you know, even if it means, you know, destroying the universe, I have to fulfill whatever this journey is, glorious purpose or whatever. 
I thought it would have been really tragic for Loki to really actually fall in love with this person only to realize that that person is has just been killed by the same narcissism that he's been entertaining his whole life. And right. then that would have been a great catalyst for him to become a new person, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, and it also does this thing that we constantly complain about, about Marvel not doing it, having stakes and consequences. Totally, totally. You know, mm-hmm. like that's where I get too, because I'm like, if she dies, it mm-hmm. ups the ante, right? It makes it more impactful. Totally. Like there are actual natural stakes for for what's going on. Like it just felt like things like <clears throat> with, I mean, WandaVision being the only one really right. that I feel had some sort of like gravitas to the, to the, um, events you know Mm -hmm. like every falcon winter soldier and loki it's like oh rules there are no rules and nobody dies and it's like no like that's what made that's truthfully what made the marvel movie so good initially is because you didn't know if they were gonna make it like there was this like well yeah tony stark's iron man but like there's also this element of like but he could die right (laughs) you know and then we saw that with uh infinity end of infinity war wherever you know obviously the 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 snap where everybody disappeared, where it was like, oh my gosh, like this is impactful. There's just doesn't, I don't know, the TV shows don't don't seem interested in trying to make any sort of like stakes. Yeah, totally. Or like, or make it so that like, or or, or run the risk that your favorite character might die. But it's like, mm-hmm. but that's just what happens. That's how you, ha- that's how you write good, that's how you write good storylines is you have to have death and totally. conflict and all of that otherwise it's just we're just watching we may as well just watch eugene cordero sit at his desk and type paperwork in which i'm totally fine to do while loki read yeah oh uh, don't get me wrong it would be one of the funniest like funniest things but he would be at his desk typing while he talks to loki while loki reads like a jet ski magazine and they Mm -hmm. just like hang out like Mm -hmm. if you're not gonna if you're not gonna kill characters if you're not gonna put stakes you may as well just make that show totally which again i would watch it however However, if you want to get impact and set it up for phase four, you, I agree. You need to have people dying. And I think that having Sylvie die was probably would probably would have played better. Yep. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about Kang. Uh, he, let's talk about, um, what did you think of the character sort of his, he, cause he kind of gives his backstory. Um, what did you think of that character as a whole, the performance, um, everything? What did you think about Kang in this? In this uh, oh, um, I'm excited to see the character of Kang yeah. actually enter into the MCU. I think that it is one of those situations where um, he's going to be the more, most, for, he controls time. Like he exists through time and manipulates mm-hmm. time. Time is his weapon. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not lasers and it's not whatever. It's not armies. It's time. He manipulates time to figure out how he can defeat people before they even try to like figure out that he's a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a way more formidable enemy than Thanos could ever be. And because mm-hmm. of that, and because there's multiple versions of Kang, I'm very excited to see where they take it. The intro. Um, well, yeah, what do you think about that scene? of him as a character? Yeah. I liked sort of what they were trying to do with it, mm-hmm. where he was this whimsical kind of like, I'm an elder god that kind of like, you mm-hmm. know, you can't defeat me. I know everything up. The, the intro, the very beginning up to the point where he goes, and now I don't know what happens from here. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I like the performance. I always like, what is his name? I'm trying to remember... The actor's name. 
and I love it. I love him. Um, he was in, yeah, he was in um, Love in Lovecraft whole, Country. That's um, what it is. What? I love Lovecraft Country. I'm sad that's not getting a second season. I know. I was um, bummed out about that. What is the actor's name? I got it right here. Hold on. Okay. Jonathan uh, Majors. Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Why did I can't believe I didn't remember that? No, Jonathan Majors does a great job. I always appre- I always appreciate watching him do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he played it well, but I don't like the direction that happened with okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, up until like I was saying, the point where he goes, and now I don't know what happens. I was I thought that was the most impactful moment, truthfully, of the entire show mm-hmm. was when he says that because it's like oh well now it's now it's on yeah now it's gonna happen and we don't know what's gonna happen you know from here on out <clears throat> yeah i oh sorry go ahead i mean oh no and i was just gonna say i you know i like the intro i like the background story that he gave i think that was a really good primer so that people can just if you're not familiar with the character if you're not if you don't know him from the comics you're like oh i understand it now and i understand the problem that this character poses and the major threat that this character poses if he who remains should die. Right. And I also like that they uh, allowed him to give this performance um, with no makeup and prosthetics that they're probably yes. going to make him wear in, in other versions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. We got to do this kind of, we got to see his face for one, you know, once uh, yes, before he puts the, on all the makeup. The blue, before he goes into blue makeup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I I actually really enjoyed the character. I think for the this was the one character in the show besides Owen Wilson um, that I think really had. Uh, it was the one performance in the show that really kind of was interesting to me. I don't mm-hmm. think it was yeah. successful on every aspect of the character, right? Um, but I do think it was the one performance that I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I like, yeah. it feels different. You know what I mean? It felt, like, different from Agreed. normal, mar- typical Marvel movie performances, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, because uh, the idea of Kang, and to give, you know, just to give the listener a little bit of background, if you haven't watched it and you're still listening to this for some reason, um, Kang, the idea of Kang is that he is a scientist from the future who, uh, in, I guess in our version of the timeline, he's a scientist from the 31st century who discovered... Who's a possible descendant of Reed Richards? So that might oh, be a fantastic that's four tie-in that that'd we, be cool. that we get. That'd be really mm-hmm. cool. Um, who discovers that there is um, a way to travel between the dimensions, and uh, and many of the versions of him across the multiverse discover this at the same time, and they make contact with each other. And at first, there's harmony; they're sharing ideas and technologies. And then some versions of him that are more nefarious. Um, want power, and so they start this multiverse war, and the way he ends it is by weaponizing a multidimensional power called Eliath that eats matter and energy, and he mm-hmm. weaponizes it in order to, um, essentially he creates the atom bomb of the multiverse yes. to to keep peace between, uh, to unify the timelines, essentially, and um, he's the only thing, as he says, keeping the timeline stable um, and out of chaos, and so I love that Given that that's his background, I love the way that the character is played, um, especially yeah, the beginning part that you're talking about, um, because he's playing it. He's not mustache twirlingly, twirlingly evil. No, I don't think this version of the character is evil at all. I think he's no. he's playing it more kind of like just like an aloof scientist who has spent way too much time focusing on his work and is totally like not aware of how 
other people see the world. Like he's just kind of like lost in the work of it. And and that performance was great. Like if, if yeah. I feel like he could have taken this performance and put it on like a like um you know like a in a very grounded movie about a scientist and it would be who gets lost in his work and I think it would have it would have been a really effective performance. So I like that oh, yeah. version of it because it doesn't feel like it I guess it makes the weird sort of like <laughs> you know, giant Marvel mythology stuff feel a little bit more grounded because he's playing it kind of like a real person. Obviously, like a heightened version, but, like, I can... Like, every time I listen to Neil, De Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, on a podcast, get really excited and talk about, like you know physics and stuff it kind of sounds yeah. like that that kind of frantic kind of energy say, like, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it reminds me of listening to neil degrasse tyson too because i'm yeah. like oh yeah like it's just yeah it's somebody who's just obsessed with what they're doing and yeah. because they've they they only do their work they've lost touch and how to interact with people normally right, right. <laughs> and then you add technology to that and then it's like oh they're just gone yep and i like the frustration the growing frustration that he experiences from the look because the, the Lokis are so, like so Sylvie and Loki are such a foil to him because Lokis are all ego. They're all narcissism and they're all like, but but glorious purpose. The idea of like, but what I'm doing is so important and grand and and glorious. And he's like, can't you understand that this is bigger than you? Like, yeah, can't exactly. you understand that this is bigger than your idea of right and wrong? And he's just, hey, bud, he, yeah. bud, cool your jets for five minutes. Yeah. Let me explain some stuff to you. <laughs> turn, the, turn the chair around, right. sit backwards. We're going to rap for a minute, kids. Yeah, and I think that's what makes the scene so interesting to me is because yeah. you, you're uh, kind of on his side. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, maybe yeah. you guys should just let this guy keep doing what he's oh, doing. <laughs> I was totally there, too. I was like, so we just leave it as is and go back to our lives? Right. Because we probably should. Because, yeah. at, at, because the consequences that he outlined, if you do kill him, I don't know if we want to open that box. Right. And, and the, the amount of resolve that he gives with that, like, he's, he's not mm -hmm. afraid. He's just like... Look, these are this, this is what at, is what at, is at stake, and you can kill me if you want. That's fine, but I'm just letting you know this is what's going to happen. If someone like says that to you, you should yeah. probably listen to what they're saying. <laughs> Absolutely, I liked the fact that he was like excited to die. Yeah, that connected with me, and I don't know why. Yeah, probably my depression disorder being like, "Hi," um, yeah. But it like I liked the fact that they were able to do a character that's just like, like you could kill me, yeah. but like. And that'd be great. Or you can let me live and I'll just keep being sad. Right. And, uh, yes, I thought that was a really good layer to the character. A yeah. kind of a character who's just kind of, he's seen it all and done it all, but he's like, and he's kind of all. sick of it. And he's kind of like, yeah, he's done. <laughs> he's bored. He's, because you would be bored. You know what I mean? Like oh. he's bored and lonely, I would imagine. You're alone mm -hmm. with a clock, with a, with a clock projection as your only friend yeah. in a, in a, in a in a house that exists in and outside of time right like yeah that would be awful yeah it, i would be excited <laughs> if someone's like i'm here to kill you i'd be like fantastic yeah can i finish breakfast first or do you want to get right to it i, I don't <laughs> care either way and it instantly humanizes the character and you sympathize with him because oh, it's yeah. so interesting to see a villain who like he desperately just wants someone else to do the job so that he can stop doing it <laughs> Like that that's such an interesting gauge. Yeah, it's such an interesting um perspective. And so when he and, and I think the my reading of his performance just before Sylvie kills him, the sort of resolve that he has, and there's kind of like um 
he kind of smiles a little bit. And I think mm -hmm. the, my reading of that performance is he's like excited that this version of him gets to not do this anymore. Like he can finally be yes. free of it. But the yeah. other layer is he's kind of like, it kind of, the look I got, the reading I got from that look is kind of like a look of like, <laughs> like kind of laughing at the irony of it and, and being like, well, this means that some other version of me is going to is going to step in and do this and be just as miserable as I am at some point. And, and it's because you know, these, I think, I think it was more about the, res the resolve he's experiencing is more about like, yeah, when you are stuck within the normal perspectives of time and your, your own experience, it's hard for you to look outside of your own experience and to realize the greater implications. And these characters right. are, are victim to that. Like, you know what I mean? They're yep. just as tragic as I am. You know what I mean? Um, uh -huh. Yeah, I thought the it was great. The difference is they can't see their tragedy. Right, right. And he can see it, and he's kind of look, mm -hmm. looking at it and laughing. You know what I mean? I thought that was very yeah, interesting. I loved it. I There's it a was lot the going on in the, that scene. Yeah, I thought it was the deepest performance of the entire show. For sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I really enjoyed that character. I think he's going to be... Uh, I think he's going to be because I was skeptical at first because the first couple notes of the performance you're kind of like oh this is jarring and weird but <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> I was a little like oh where are we going show yeah but you I kind of settled into it and I kind of really enjoyed that character so I'm I'm excited that he's coming back um, at least in a in a different form uh, it'll be interesting uh, it'll be interesting to see how many shades of this version of the character are in whatever version of the character we see in later stuff. Uh -huh. um, uh, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I was gonna say too. Like I am excited after his performance with this. I'm excited to see what the other Kangs. Yeah, are because Loki wakes Loki not wakes up, but he gets up and realizes that the timeline that he's in, whether it's our timeline or not, is a timeline where the the effigies in the TVA are not to these time these fake timekeepers, but to actually Kang himself. So this mm -hmm. this version of Kang is like forward-facing and is not interested in ruses and stuff like that. He's probably more like, I'm all-powerful, so listen to me because I said so. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly, yeah. And if you don't, I'll just erase you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's no, and then go back to doing what I was doing. It yeah. won't take any more effort than pushing a button. Now, I, I, I agree. I was going to say, ahead. I like that. Yeah. I like the fact that, um, yeah, I will say the impact at the end was very much the, the terror of like right. an individual it's an individual a version of kang who doesn't care about giving people the illusion of free will not at all he very much just goes you don't have it and you do what i want yeah and that was like oh crap so the ante has been upped then got it yeah, exactly so stakes are here now yeah Fantastic. Um, now, do, so do you think that now we can get now that we've talked about the show and given our opinion? Now we can now we've gotten to the point where we can just wildly speculate. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we can just totally <laughs> speculate, pull stuff out of our ass. Um, <laughs> do you think that that is our new main timeline that Loki gets pushed to? So I was thinking about that okay. actually last night uh -huh. while I was at work. Um, I don't know. Okay, because of the. Because of the nature of multiverses, right? I I don't know if I have enough confidence to be like yes, right? I hope it is, mm -hmm. but I think that 
I don't know how it's all going to weave together. At some point, right, we have to get to a point where Doctor Strange and Wanda Maximoff go, oh, right. we need to fix this. Yeah. And we can because we're magic, right? Yeah. And the beauty, but that's, but and, we have to get there. Right. And the beauty how of... How do we get there? Right. And the beauty of Loki, though, and the events happening in the TVA and all that kind of stuff and outside of time and stuff like that, is that they the ramifications of this show can start showing up anywhere at any point. Yeah. You know, this story technically takes place at any time, at any point. Oh, everything's been retconned now. Like, right. Nothing makes sense. And all of the last, like, 10 years that we've had movies, none of that matters now. None of it mattered the minute that Loki saw the drawer full of Infinity Stones and then it just, like, ripped your guts out, being like, they all died for nothing. Right. Like, these people play with them like paperweights. Right. What is happening? Like, what is the level of power that we're using at this point that can basically take an individual like Thanos and mm -hmm. go, oh, cool, all of your strength and stuff? Hi, I'm an office worker, and I just juggle these with for fun. <laughs> right. And the, the crazy thing about this is, depending on how wild and how meta and how immersive Marvel wants to get with all of this, like, mm -hmm. there's a potential for Marvel to really do some interesting things with, in the world of streaming and uh, streaming services and um, uh, the deep catalog of movies that Marvel has at this point. Right. There's some really interesting things they can do with time travel and multiverse stuff. Because I don't know if you've a bit, if you're hip to this, uh, but apparently uh, now if you go and watch the last sequence in WandaVision where they're like zooming in on the the cottage that she's at now you can yeah. see the silhouette of someone flying in with a cape on and people are saying that is probably doctor strange oh and which is a retcon because that wasn't in the first version but apparently it's in the version now um so so they're going back through and manipulating their own project that's what i'm to saying manipulate the time what is happening so like we could potentially be in the next couple years we could potentially see marvel going back and adding Easter eggs or adding elements to past movies and TV shows now that we have access to the multiverse and things are now different. You know what I mean? There could be Dude, multiple versions of the same movie, you know? In a good way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was thinking, sorry, I was listening, but I was also thinking of like the ramifications of this. Right. And it was like, what if, what if they lowballed, what if they lowballed like snowballed mm -hmm. or I don't know the correct term, but, um, what if they curbed their other shows to be like, oh, yeah, like this is just we're just putting these out right now, but we're going to add to these later specifically. And as they add, oh, totally. to them, it makes them better. Totally. Like you what can... if they completely go back through and we completely retcon Falcon and Winter Soldier sections of Falcon and Winter Soldier? Totally. Like. Whoa. Yeah, you could totally do that. Like you could you could totally go and add sequels to movies that. Uh, don't exist yet like you could go in and do oh. like if you wanted to do a like a solo movie for a certain character that takes place before you can you can do anything now like anything yeah. can happen now with the multiverse what they did essentially i'm realizing what they did by introducing kang as the villain for their properties mm -hmm. is they they opened it up to just do it the way the comics have done it, where there's no set timeline right and nothing really mattered and there's just multiple versions of every character mm -hmm. like god we could see dude we could see a Oh, mm -hmm. we could see a version of Bucky Barnes as Captain America. Dude, yes, you could do I anything. I am very excited <laughs> for that because I like Bucky's run as Captain America because he's less, he's less kind than Steve Rogers is. He's more of a blow a wall up like Whistler and Blade, like catch you 
Is it a bad time? Like right. <laughs> and and what's crazy too, I'm now thinking about the implications of this with like movies like um Black Panther where Chadwick Boseman yeah. we've unfortunately lost. Now you have yes. a universe reason as to instead of like trying to explain, oh, well, uh, you know, T'Challa died off screen somewhere. Now you can have it be a thing where like, oh, in, you know, in this version of Wakanda, you know, T'Challa never became Black Panther or he became a Black Panther. the explosion in Civil War. Yeah, or he he was born, you know, uh, you know, 50 years before he was in this timeline. And so he died an old man and passed the the thing on to someone else. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of things or, you can do now, you know, or he was the first black Panther exactly. and we get a movie for that, which, yeah. <laughs> yep. Like there's so much you can do. Um, I'm fanboying yeah. fan out so hard right now. Oh my God. Yep. You could do a version where like, like if Shuri becomes Black Panther, you can do a version where Shuri was always the Black Panther. Like she, right. like she was the one that like, f- like was given the mantle, and and T'Challa was just like her brother. And you could do that. Like you, there's so much you could do with it now. I'm very excited you can about do, that. You can literally do anything. Yep, anything. You can do anything, and no, and you can't you can't rake in criticism for it mm-hmm. because it it doesn't fit with the timelines because there is no timeline. There are no rules now. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Asan here again. That wraps up part one of my conversation with Derek. Um, part two, uh, we get into larger Marvel expectations and speculations and predictions uh, based on what we watched in Loki. So if you want to nerd out even harder about all of this kind of crap and project it and hear what we have to say about things and upcoming Marvel projects in the future, uh, listen to part two. But until then, we'll see you next week. Later.